You are now listening to The Unit Report. Listen as we take a deep dive into the world of sports centered around Pittsburgh. Now, your hosts, Lucas and Troy. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's edition of The Unit Report. Um, this one's going to be a little bit of a different of a uh, different episode. We aren't going to have NHL as the main, I guess, subject. We're going to kind of go all over the place with this one. So, um, Lucas, if you want to have the honors of starting us off. Yeah, we're going to start out with the MLB, which had actually a lot of news coming out this week, even though it's been like a month since they've played. Uh, we got all the MLB awards uh, officially announced, and headlining that was MVP uh, – Atlanta Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman and another first baseman in the AL Jose Abreu of the White Sox got his MVP the Cy Young Awards uh, unsurprisingly Shane Bieber won in the American League and the and in the NL Trevor Bauer won the Cy Young which is uh, I I thought he was going to win but there was a little competition there more so than there was in the AL then for the managers of the year uh, you have the Marlins manager, Don, uh, Don Mattingly, who brought the Marlins to the playoffs for the first time in forever. So he was well-deserving. And then in the AL, uh, another Florida team, the Tampa Bay Rays' Kevin Cash, wins manager of the year. And then rookie of the year's uh, Mariners outfielder Kyle Lewis and Brewers reliever Devin Williams both get rookie of the year. And uh, any surprises there, Troy? No, I think we went over this a little bit last time. Yeah, I mean, especially for Cy Young, Cy Young was pretty pretty easy to predict, at least in the AL. I feel like a lot of these MVP, um, I, don't, I don't think we did a manager of the year, but yeah, I, none of these things are really surprising. I just think with every yeah with everything going on, with like it's kind of been a big year for I guess a really big year for a lot of teams with the. Uh, race making it as far as they did and then the Marlins finally aren't the Marlins for the first year in a good minute so uh, yeah I don't think any surprises I definitely can't um can't really argue with any of these I was uh pleasantly surprised that Freddie Freeman got the NL MVP though I feel like he's been I think you said this a couple episodes ago he's been in the running or like at like the top five in the NL for like at least five years now it seems like and he's been one consistently one of the greatest hitters in the NL and he finally gets his due um but yeah other than that not much surprise there Jose Abreu had a quite a breakout year his uh best year since his rookie season and he helped carry that White Sox team into a position where they could have competed, uh, you know, with the extended playoffs and everything. They could have made some noise, but they really didn't after the regular season. But, um, yeah, congrats to all those guys. Uh, I think all well-deserving. I don't think anyone was too big of a shock there. Um, something that did shock the sports world this, uh, this past week was the first female general manager in North American professional sports history. When the Miami Marlins hired Kim Ang, she's the first woman and the first Asian American to hold the position in pro sports, uh, kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't even aware of the, that there was a GM opening in Miami, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's definitely better for the league because um, not just the league, but I guess sports in general is just getting a better look with, um, I think, was it the, I don't remember. I don't remember what league it is, but someone was uh, brought up the idea of uh, additional draft picks. If you take like a minority and put it, give them like a, you know, like a position with like authority and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what league it is, but yeah, it's definitely, I guess, a step in the right direction. I think it's important. I think that um, there, uh, it was kind of upsetting, though. You go online and you see like all the people talking about, uh, you know, as long as as long as she's qualified, I don't see a problem. And I'm like, of course she's qualified. Like if she, she yeah, it's like they're not. Yeah, she, she wouldn't be in a position to even like be up for the job if she wasn't qualified. She has a World Series ring with the Yankees. She worked for the league office for the past decade. I think it's it seemed like uh, at least among baseball writers that it seemed like she was in line for a job like this for years now and she finally got it and i mean that's awesome i think it's like you said it's a great step it's uh there's obviously a lot more way to go but in the 
you know, I mean, also if you just look at Asians uh, in the sport, eight, like Asians are pretty uh, predominant in the sport now. Like it's gotten a lot bigger over the past decade or so. So it's good to see that not only are we getting like a female in a position like this, but we're also getting uh, Asian Americans in a position like this. Yeah, feeding off what you said earlier with the um, with everyone saying, you know, not like, you know, she's not qualified and all that crap. I think the biggest I haven't seen it recently, but I knew I what, what I was feeding off of earlier. I, I want to say it was the NFL where you get it where if you were to hire a minority, you would get additional draft picks. That would be like the only I guess that would be the only reason where you could even make that somewhat of an argument, which still isn't great where they're just using it to like you know, get the extra pick or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's just people being, that's just people being people. I mean, no matter what you do, you can't please everybody, but I don't know. I was just bringing that up just because I knew it was, I knew it was on the table earlier with just like, cause you know, getting a couple draft picks, especially for some of these struggling teams, maybe hiring someone, it, it might benefit them, but I don't think anything ever went through with it to my knowledge. So that's a kind of null and void argument. Yeah, well-deserved by Kim Ang. Uh, obviously, big applause to her, and uh, good luck to the Marlins along the way. Hopefully, this works out so more people uh, like her have the ability to get in positions like that. Um, now, getting to people that don't deserve their jobs, um, the Red Sox uh, bring back their former manager, Alex Cora. He was fired a year ago over... Uh, cheating the uh similar scandal as to what uh, happened in houston with the astros uh and he was suspended for a full season and in that time the red sox fired him and waited until his suspension was up and now they rehired him and a similar thing happened with aj hinch who was the manager of the astros during their scandal he instead of going back to the astros got hired by the tigers troy what do you think about these guys their punishment, they served their time and then immediately get re-rewarded. Like, how do you feel about that? Cause I don't like it. Oh, I think it's great. I think good for them. Cause it's a huge slap in the face to the MLB. Cause it's what they did. This is the whole thing with the Astros. They give them a slap on the wrist and then they go back to glory. It's the exact same thing they're doing. They take their, you know, one year, whatever. And then they're just going to go back and, you know, do, I don't want to say do it again, but go back to do whatever. I think it's great. Cause it's kind of a huge, middle finger to the MLB where it's like, okay, fine, slap us on the wrist, whatever. At the end of, you know, at the end of their career, it's going to be nothing. It's just going to be a little bump. And then hopefully they can pave it over with championships. I think it's a huge slap in the face to baseball. I can't say I, um, I don't know, I guess support them, but like I totally get it. Just with it's like, if you want to play by the rules that don't exist, play by the rules, game on. I saw on Twitter, I think it was among like some former players and just people in the know in baseball that were like, saw this news and they said, how in the world are Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, uh, Roger, uh, no, Roger Clemens, I think got in, but like Pete Rose and uh, Barry Bonds, how are these guys not in the hall of fame? If Alex Cora and AJ Hinch can be forgiven like that and given a job right away, how are these guys still being punished for Pete Rose gambled? He didn't hurt anybody. He wasn't like, he didn't have an advantage. He, it's not like he threw the games. He has the most hits in professional baseball history. He was obviously trying like his hardest out there. It's not like he was throwing games. I, I can't believe that the MLB can be so petty against guys like bonds and Rose, but then let these guys go. It just, it seems hypocritical. I know they're, Two like they're separate infractions. They're totally different, but they're still punishing guys who did her work doing wrong. Who are doing wrong by the sport? I don't like it at all. I think it's I think it's horseshit. Yeah, I mean that's the MLB for you. They're technically playing by the rules and play by whatever they give you. Because obviously, at the end, we know that cheating. I mean. You know, it's not allowed or encouraged, but, like, if you do it, it's kind of a, you know, whoopsies, well, we'll take punishment for a year then. All right. They still have that piece of metal proving that they're World Series champions. Exactly. They still got that piece of, uh, what, what is it, bronze or aluminum, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Um, so, in other manager news, 
Tony Larusa was hired as the White Sox ma- new manager, and I think that was about two weeks ago or so. But just this past week, a report came out showing that Tony Larusa had a DUI earlier this year. I believe it was in March, and the White Sox knew about it at the time of the hiring. Um, so, but we haven't heard much since the report came out. The, I don't think the White Sox have really responded about it. Are we going to see another Mitchell Miller situation happen here, or are they just going to let it go? Um, I don't know. I think they're in a way better situation than the uh, Coyotes were with this one, but um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Cause this, uh, I don't know. Because I feel like this is just one of those things where it's like, because there's a bunch of players to do it too. If you remember, uh, who's who's the one for the uh, Jung Ho Gung for the uh, Pirates? He had like four of them or whatever, and he still kept going. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, he drunkenly drove into a Tim Hortons whenever he was a Saber, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's a common occurrence, unfortunately, but it's definitely not like the Mitch Miller uh, situation. Yeah, I mean, I remember I posed that question to you and I, whenever I sent you the article about – or, like, whenever we talked about this happening originally and I, like, asked – I was like, is this another Mitchell Miller? I don't think it's going to be because apparently what happened was – is the only reason he got hired is because he's, like, all buddy-buddy with the White Sox owner. And that's probably the same reason why they are keeping quiet about it and are kind of just letting it pass. In the past, like, week or two – in America, we've had like the biggest like news stories ever happen. Like we've had like so much stuff happen. We had an election that's been polarizing. We have the coronavirus, which is like surging to record highs. So I think they kind of figured that they'd be able to hide, like sweep this under the rug a little bit. And it seems like it's happened because uh, other than us talking about it right now, I haven't heard about it since the original report came out. But um, I don't know. I don't really have much of an opinion on it. It was stupid of them, obviously. Uh, he definitely could have hurt some people. The thing that rubbed me the wrong way was I read, I saw on the wrong one report, um, he was talking about the actual place report and he quoted as he was getting put like into the cop car. He was like, do you know who I am? I'm in the baseball hall of fame. I don't like that. I don't think that's uh that's a good way to go about getting arrested, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like there definitely have been other people that hold like those, uh, I don't want to quite call them celebrities, but I guess like sports figures. I feel like there's definitely, I've done that and I guess celebrities as well that have definitely pulled the same thing. Um, when was it? I forget. But Aaron Judge's girlfriend or fiance, whoever, got a, got into some kind of DUI thing uh, last spring training, I think. Yeah. And the police video was uh, her, like the cop's body cam was a recording her and she was like, I'm the girlfriend of a really popular baseball player. And the cop was like, I don't care. Like, like what is, it doesn't matter what you're like, who you are. If you commit a crime, you're like, you should get punished either way, but whatever. Tony LaRusso gets rewarded, whatever is what it is. However, uh, Marcus Stroman came out and said that he would refuse to play for Tony LaRusso because not only does Tony LaRusso have the DUI in his past, uh, but there have been racist allegations against Larusa in his future. I mean, in his past, he has been managing. I think since the seventies, he's been so, around forever. So this isn't really surprising. I don't know about you, but a, a, an old guy who's in baseball being racist isn't the most shocking thing ever. I mean, you're not wrong. It's just, I think now it's just a big. Uh, Obviously, it's just a big, like, cultural change in the past couple of years. So, yeah. It didn't really matter, though, because Stroman later that week signed his qualifying offer to stay with the Mets uh, after the owner, Steve Cohen, came out with his press conference. It got all the Mets players hyped, and Marcus Stroman was like, I want to be a part of this. I want to stay with the team. And so he's back in New York. And some other players that may be headed to – uh, New York are Trevor Bauer and Francisco Lindor. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it seems as if um, Bauer is going to have a lot of different options on where he wants to go. There's going to be a ton of teams in on him as he's the reigning Cy Young winner. He's the top starting pitcher on the market. And Francisco Lindor, obviously not a free agent, 
but it seems like it's i read it, the athletic article about it this uh just a couple hours ago and they said it's between the dodgers yankees blue jays and mets i don't see a fit with the dodgers or the Yan- yankees i think they're just saying that because they have the money i think the best fit is either toronto or new york but what do you think about bauer and lindor um bauer situation I was gonna. I don't know. See, Bowers. One. I, I. I think you know. Bowers. One of those players where it's like you either love him or hate him, and like I feel like majority of people hate him just because of like I guess how he views the game and like how he trains and that kind of stuff. He's definitely one of those like I don't want to say controversial, but it's definitely it's. He's definitely one of those guys where most people have an opinion out of him if you've heard of him. And now that he has the Cy Young, he's kind of like taking it and ran with it. Because if you look at his Twitter, ever since he's won this, it's just like because we talked about I don't know if it was last episode, but about him basically going after uh, every team and they're like fans and stuff. And now that he has this, this is almost the worst guy, the worst guy to give this trophy to. If you hate him, I, I think he's great. And I'm like totally with him. I've been a I, I've been a big fan of him for uh, quite some years now. But yeah, it's like. It's kind of ironic how this guy ends up winning the Cy Young and now he's going around and I don't want to say showboating, but like he's a free agent. He's definitely making it very well known. Um, Whenever it comes to the Lindor situation, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Yankees just because they're one of those teams I feel like historically who, who magically end up getting these, I don't want to say like star players, but like, they, they it somehow ends up working out. Like they end up with Garrett Cole. It it's it just seems like the Stanton. Yankees. What the the Yankees just they got seem they got Stanton is what I was trying to say. I was trying to like yeah. add on to what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like they always end up with like these big name players. So I could see the Yankees doing it. That's just kind of the way they conduct business. But I don't know. I really hope not. I really. I don't think I can stand watching another uh, player from the central United States going to the Yankees. Imagine if Trevor Bauer, if Trevor Bauer went to the Yankees. Oh, Yankees fans have definitely been talking oh, about man, it. That's what I'm saying. People already love him or hate him for who he is. And now the fact that he has, uh, has to wear the pinstripes. Oh, man, are you talking? I mean, we're almost reaching like – political division at this point literally like darth vader have, exactly you now have people who just straight up hate the yankees are now gonna hate him and then you have the people that straight up hate trevor bauer they're gonna hate both of them it's kind of ironic how this how this would end up working out it's not gonna happen but i don't know i just thought about it if that were to happen it would definitely be a uh I guess quite the surprise and lead to uh, quite a bit of uh, controversy, if you want to call it that at the least. And there's been a lot of rumbles about him taking a one-year deal instead of his mega deal, which, I mean, uh, it's something you see in in basketball a lot, is that these superstars will take one-year deals and just try to go win. It seems like he's not in it for the money because he could easily get like a five, six-year, $200 million deal if he wanted to and just cash in. But it seems like he genuinely wants to win. Did you see the tweet about this? I don't know if it's true, but I heard. I guess he bet one of his one of his buddies or something before he got drafted. This could be completely wrong, but this is what I got out of it. One of his buddies ended up betting him that if he ever signed a long year deal with the team, he gets shot with a paintball gun from like ten feet away. And I guess that is supposedly Bauer's reasoning for only wanting to shine, wanting to sign a short year deal. I don't know how much truth to that is. But I saw it on Twitter early this week, and it would seem like a very Trevor Bauer thing to do. Yeah, I saw that. Was that a real tweet or was that a fake tweet? I I, I, couldn't I don't tell. know, but I'm just I, I don't know. That's why I said I'm not sure if it's real. I just happened to see it. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I thought it was. Uh, I don't know. I could definitely see this being true. This is definitely a very like Trevor Bauer thing to do, and I I think it's hilarious. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much truth to that is. I think it, it like it could be true, but I don't think that's like the driving force. I think genuinely that he's been on teams like the closest he got, he got to the World Series whenever uh, he was on the Indians. But like 
he can pick his own destiny now. He can just pick a team for any dollar amount for any amount of years and just go there and like try to win. And the Yankees, it doesn't matter if you love them or hate them, they are always going to be one of those teams that's in it, like that can like go the distance. They haven't for what, like 11 years now, which is insane for them. We haven't in what, 40? So I don't really feel bad for them. But um, yeah, they're going to have the money and their second baseman, their MVP candidate, DJ LeMayhew, uh, rejected the qualifying offer from the Yankees and he's now a free agent. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes because he's been one of the leading hitters like among all hitters in the MLB over the past five, six years. He hits for crazy high averages and he's a pretty good defender too over at uh, second base. And there's also been talks about the Yankees wanting to move Gary Sanchez and that they're uh, allegedly interested in Yadier Molina. So, Troy, what do you think? Like, where do you think LeMahieu goes from here? Do you think he co- goes back to New York? And is, do you see like any obvious fit for Sanchez? Um, I don't know. I almost hate predicting these kind of things because it never works out. I feel like LeMahieu, it's going to be more of a wait and see what he gets offered, but I wouldn't really surprised. I would, wouldn't really be super shocked if he ended up back in New York just because he doesn't get, I guess, what he would think, what he thinks he could get. Um, yeah, for Sanchez, I don't know. Because I, I don't know. They're interested in uh, Yadier Molina. I, I don't know. It just seems like kind of an interesting fit. Because it seems like they – because Molina's not very young, and I think they just did this with – who did Cervelli go to after he left the Pirates? Who did he go to? I don't know who he went to directly after, but I know he ended up with Miami, and then he retired. Because I was going to say, I know they had him for a while, and whenever they got rid of him, he wasn't, like, super young. I feel like Molina, it would just be weird to see anywhere out of – St. Louis, but I don't know. You never really know with this team. I think Sanchez is such a weird one because he has such high highs and such low lows. Like, not many catchers can hit for as much power as he can, but he's also had, like, god-awful averages uh, for a few seasons, and he's not great defensively. There's definitely uh, better defensive catchers, Yachty being one of them. I think Molina is uh, – I think he still has it behind the plate. He's still one of the greatest defensive catchers ever. So maybe they're looking for more of a defensively stable catcher, but I'm not sure how many teams would be in line to trade for Gary Sanchez. But if the universal DH gets adapted, there could be, a, a like, a match there. Because he's the kind of guy that I think you could throw in at like the f- like four or five spot just as a DH and not have to worry about him fielding much. But there's a lot of options there for the Yankees. We'll see what happens in the next uh, week or two. Hopefully more news comes out. And um, in the last bit of MLB news that just happened today, actually, is Theo Epstein is out in, sh- in uh, Chicago. He's no longer an executive with the Cubs organization. He helped orchestrate and just create the – not dynasty, but the roster that was able to bring Chicago a World Series after, what, 107 years or whatever it ended up being. So that's pretty significant news. I don't know if he's planning on just retiring from baseball or if he's going to look elsewhere, but he's definitely going to be a hot name out on the market of baseball executives. And that's all we have for baseball. now. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I was going to say, I don't know. kind of feel bad for him. Uh, it seems like as of recently, in the past year or two, there are quite a few um, Epstein's that have expired, but uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to laugh at that. You definitely wrote that down. I, I won't have that. It's 100%. Yeah. So the Steelers are 9-0. That's <laughs> a thing now. Yeah, exactly. Who could have predicted this? Uh, kind of a, I guess a good week for them. It was a lot less of a nail-biter, but, I mean, I guess this really couldn't have been a nail-biter because I don't think anyone has any fingernails left after the past couple games they played. Um, yeah, they played, I believe it was Cincinnati. wasn't exactly a, um, I don't know, wasn't, they, the Steelers were pretty dominant in this one, I feel like. It was, it it was, was pretty much a blowout. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hate using the term blowout. Because you can look at the score, I don't know. I I can't. I don't know. I mean, unless it's like forty nine to nothing, then I guess blowout. But like, if you really dig into it, it wasn't like a, I guess a blowout for say. But 
they definitely the Steelers definitely had control of this one, fortunately, and you know a lot less heart attacks going down to um, uh, whatever what, what is it, Allegheny or UPMC this week? Yes, UPMC. Um, the only concern I had after watching the game was is that that running game is still so hot and cold. I think Connor ended up with 30 yards, 30, 40 yards, something like that. And uh, like Ben didn't practice all week because he was in COVID uh, isolation. And then he finally got his test, I think, Friday or Saturday. So he was just able to, you know, um, to play on Sunday. So if that if he wouldn't have been cleared, we would have been stuck with Mason or Josh Dobbs playing quarterback. You need that running game. You need that running game to help balance out the poor QB play if that happens because Ben's not the most durable guy. He's had his fair share of injuries in the past, and now he's 39 years old. Like, definitely a chance that he could get injured. So they definitely need to work that out over the before they hit playoff time. It's a little concerning. And... Um, they did separate themselves from the Ravens and for the division lead. The Patriots beat the Ravens on Sunday night football in a nail biter. And the Ravens fall to six and three now, and the Steelers are nine and oh, obviously. So they have a three game separation, and the Steelers uh, have the tiebreaker because they beat the Ravens. Obviously, there's going to be another game. That one's on Thanksgiving night, I believe. So, Jacksonville? Well, Jacksonville next. Play next. Is it Derek? It's Jacksonville. It, it, it's Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville. I'm talking about the tiebreaker though with the Ravens. Oh. So that their next game with them is on Thanksgiving, but next Sunday we do play Jacksonville, and um, I think historically the Steelers are pretty bad against the Jaguars because I think they always undermine or under, I don't know, underappreciate. Uh, how like good their bad opponents actually are because they're still like NFL teams for crying out loud they're still good, and we historically especially in the Ben era have been really bad against Jacksonville. But Mike Tomlin made it clear that they are not taking them lightly for this week. They're gonna try as hard as they can to uh, win this one next week and improve to ten and zero. Isn't this the weren't the Jaguars the team that knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs a couple years ago? Yeah, in the divisional round we had the bye, and then they won their wild card game. And then they came here to Pittsburgh uh, with Blake Bortles as their quarterback, and they beat us terribly. And then they lost to the Patriots in the uh, championship game. Patriots went on to win that Super Bowl. I think it was the Super Bowl against the Chargers. I mean, not the Chargers, the Rams, I believe. I think that was the same Super Bowl. So, I mean, that was a good opportunity for the Steelers, but didn't work out. So hope for some revenge this week. Uh Drew Brees, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, is out, and he has a lot of injuries. He has a couple broken ribs, and I think he has like a like a punctured lung or something. I, I read somewhere it was he has like a really bad like set of injuries. I guess he must have taken a bad hit to the chest, and he's out for next week. And uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Jameis Winston will be in for him. And that is all we have for football this week. And now in a rare turn of events we're going to talk about golf next extremely rare yeah of all of all sports unfortunately it's not matt nascar because that that i think is the ultimate meme on this show but um it is yeah so this week we had the uh masters tournament this week which was uh i guess severely delayed due to the uh ongoing pandemic so that started it, it ended on sunday it's I think it started last Thursday. We briefed about, we talked about it a little bit last episode. Uh, Dustin Johnson ends up winning. He set a all-time Masters record of shooting uh, 20 under, which was it was pretty amazing. I actually watched the, I watched like parts of it on and off of the last two rounds. I think he went into Sunday at a minus. I want to say it was like minus. 16 or something going into it and then i don't know it just seems like all of the uh he got all the ducks in the row for this one very impressive um yeah good for him uh some notable um wait real quick, b- before you move on or, about that did you see the um interview he had after the after he got the the green jacket he got interviewed by, like, which one? Because he got interviewed by, like, whenever Tiger Woods put it on him or? 
It was, no, it was after that. He was interviewed by a female. I, for, I, I forget who, like what her name was. I don't follow golf that closely. But um, he was standing there and she was like asking him questions about how it feels and everything. And he started tearing up and crying. I thought it was really, uh, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was, it really showed like how much work he, he's won the masters before. So this isn't a new thing for him, but I mean, it goes to show you just how much work that these guys put into it and how hard it must be. You know, I mean, whenever we golf, we enjoy it because we don't do, it's not our job. It's not like we work at it every single day. These guys like, actually put in, like their entire body and life into it. And he's reached the pinnacle again. And it, uh, it's, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. And, uh, and he's married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter. So he, he got a lot going on. Isn't they, that's why I was going to bring that one up. Um, I guess some notable key points from the Masters. Uh, Tiger Woods managed to shoot a 10 on a par 3. He's I, one I of actually, us. He is one I of us. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this. I actually watched this um, Sunday. It, it, I don't know, but it kind of hurt. It like hurt. Cause like he, I think he put uh, he put three of them into the uh, river or whatever you want to like stream. I don't know, man. It kind of hurt. It was just weird. And then that whiny flicked out of a bunker, it rolled all the way across, and back into the creek. I don't know. It kind of hurt to watch, but uh, I felt bad because they kind of they kind of gave it to him in his interview after after he was done for the day, which ended up, I think he, at that time, I put him in a plus four and I believe he finished minus one. So definitely a, you know, I, I don't think there's many people that could really, I don't say come back from that, but like he did a pretty good job at, uh, I guess, managed to save whatever was left. But I, I remember doing his interview, they interviewed him and he was like, this is, I, this isn't the quote, but like what he said in general was, um, you know, like this is one of those only sports where it's like, Whenever you're out of it, you can't just call in someone from like the bullpen or like step off the mound or whatever. Like it is how he talked about like how insanely like individual this is, and it's pretty much up to you and your own mindset to get out of whatever funk you're in and try to save it. Um, yeah, but it's definitely very un-Tiger Woods like shoot a ten on a par three or a ten in general. It it was uh, I guess quite the event. Kind of feel bad for the guy. But um, and some good news. I'm sure most of you have seen the interview, or not the interview, the video by now. John Rom hit a has a hole in one. I I don't know if it was during a practice round or if it was just was, for kind was, of was was it, was it during the actual practice round? It was during the it was during round. practice, but whatever. Um, I don't remember what hole it is, but basically he skipped the ball across water. I think, what was it? It was five times. He smacks it on a pond. It trickles over. And then it goes and makes almost a 90-degree, like, left turn. Goes onto the green, keeps rolling, and goes into the hole for a hole-in-one. It was probably the most I, – I don't know. In our lifetime, it had to have been the most, like, insane thing I've ever seen. It looked like some dude-perfect thing. It was it was really impressive. I really wish it was during, like, the uh, regulation play, so that would have counted. But that was one of the craziest shots I have ever. I know I'm just getting into golf recently, but even like seasoned golfers were saying that that was an insane shot. Like you said, it skipped like five times across the uh, water, and then it just literally like takes that turn and it just goes down and it keeps going. You're like, it's not gonna do it. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way it even should have made it across the water at like the at like right off the tee. How the hell? Like unless he meant to do that. Which is insane. Oh, he 100. No, I guess I heard about. I guess it's tradition to do it on that hole to skip one across the water. But like, imagine being I good enough to like be able tradition. to aim to do that. Exactly. I know it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Another, uh, I guess keynotes. Bryson DeChambeau. He's also he's like the Trevor Bauer of golf. I learned Seems this like one. It. Yeah, I followed him on. Um, I followed him on uh, Instagram like a week ago. The guy's insane. I don't know if he's insane. He's like a pure genius. So I guess this guy has like a master's in, or not a ma I think it is a master's in physics. And he's like made his own clubs and like puts the golf balls in Epsom, so in Epsom salt to see like how they float. It's insane. The dude is in like incredible shape. It's ridiculous. But he managed to have a uh, – he managed to drive – I think this was during the practice round – he drove the ball with a carry distance. So this is from T to when it touched the ground, 
of 368 yards. Absolute piss missile. And he's, <laughs> that and going, is the definition of missile. And going into the Masters, he like was floating with the idea of using a 48-inch driver, which is the max limit allowed by the PGA. And I think he, he did end up doing it because that's how he was able to get his 368-yard uh, bullet. I think it's insane. I think that – I can't even imagine – using a 48-inch driver, or being able to launch a ball 360... To put that in perspective for you, that is hitting it out of top golf and then it going almost the full distance of another top golf. Because the, the back fence is 200 yards. I think that that is just short of about a quarter of a mile if I did my calculations correctly. I'm not smart enough to know that conversion. Like, that's like... I'm like, I'm pretty sure because if you do the math, I think this is just over a thousand. It's like a thousand and fifty yards. I think it's just under a quarter of a mile he managed to drive the ball. That is ridiculous. That's awesome. That is so awesome. That's incredible. I don't know. Yeah, the guy's great to watch. He, I think he finished with like a, I think it was minus two. It wasn't a, he definitely had a bit of a rough start. Very entertaining to watch them. He's the he's happy Gilmore of golf. Well, exactly. He's golf. like the Trevor. I know. He's like the Trevor Bauer of, of this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. It's kind of awesome to watch. He uses like one length irons and whatnot. It's kind of, I don't know. I guess call it insane, but like, it's definitely like uh, getting out of the, I guess, conventional, like, I don't know, methods where it's like, you know, you make your own clubs and like do all this stuff. It's kind of incredible. If he won this, this would have been like amazing. But. Yeah, golf is golf like baseball is a pretty like conservative sport. Like they don't try many new things, but and I think that's probably the longest we're ever gonna talk about golf until the day Tiger Woods dies. <laughs> until then, there's we're never gonna have that much golf to ever talk about. True, but I was gonna say I guess I guess the Masters is gonna be next spring, so I guess that'll be the. Uh, Next thing that gets brought, that's going to be the next time we hear about this besides um, man, Spock, man. Oh, this, I guess this is true. Dustin Johnson smacked the ball less than um, anybody else and ends up winning green coat. I guess that is very true for the joke that I made a couple weeks ago. It's a nice looking coat too. It is. It's very nice. Uh, I wonder I, if he I, got, I, I wonder if he um, had to tell him to get the, uh, like what Shooter did. Shooter McGavin, I wonder if he had to get like a half inch on his, what is it? I think it's his right arm, that half inch to it or whatever. Uh, yeah, I remember. But, uh, yeah. Great movie. Love that movie. I know. Absolutely legendary. So that's all we have for golf. Like I said, probably the most we'll ever have. Uh, we're going to go through hockey real quick. Not a ton of real news, so I'm just going to skim through it. Um, it seems like Gary Bettman is all in on the mini hub idea, or at least they're considering the mini hub ideas. And... Um, there's obviously going to be the uh, division realignment with one all-Canadian uh, division and then three American all-divisions. Just stop here. We're going to have to redo NHL. Why? Because you ended up – you touched the mic or something with one of your fingers and all you heard was – No. No, you like – whenever no. you went to go move your hand, you, you like brushed it and it just – it's awful. How does it sound? That's what it sounded like. This thing on? I don't know, but it doesn't sound right. It, does, it still doesn't sound right? It's very, like, muffled. Well, that's problematic. That's better. I don't know what you did there, but, yeah, you could, you, you like, moved your, you kept, your hand kept creeping up, like, last time, and you ended up touching it and, like, moving your finger, and all you heard was, okay, like, well, you how, scraping. How do I sound? That's fine. You're just going to have to redo NHL. Okay. Not a lot of hockey news, so we're going to skim past it pretty quickly. Um, it seems like mini hub idea for uh, is probable. Gary Bettman's considering doing something like that. Uh, there's going to be division realignment, obviously. There's going to be one Canadian, three American divisions. Uh, I saw like someone was people were doing mock-ups just like of the geography, and in the northeast of the United States, we'd be put in with a couple metro teams along with Buffalo and Boston. I think Columbus. And over is going to be put into one, kind of with like Detroit and Chicago and all them. And then from like Minnesota to the West Coast is all going to be one. It's going to be kind of weird for them, but 
Oh, well, that's the luck of the draw, I guess. And the idea is, is that they're going to do kind of MLB series, uh, like style series, where they're going to play two or three games in a row versus the same team in the same uh, like arena. And that's going to be their way of limiting travel. I think it's a good idea. And uh, it's never been done before in hockey other than the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Uh, the teams are going to be playing like the same teams over and over. So it's honestly not going to be that much different than what it would be if it was just a regular, like one team, then another team, then another team schedule. I think it's just smarter. It saves money and it uh, is safer. And the biggest news in the NHL that came out, what? Nothing. I was just going to feed into, I was just going to, I just wanted to talk about it before you blew the whole, you ended up like knocking everything out. I mean, there's not a lot of talk that like to discuss, but go ahead. I guess I don't know. All right. No, go ahead. What do you want to say? No, because this is going to have some weird cut to it now. I mean, it already is going to have a weird cut to it. I guess. Are you going to leave this part in? Yeah, I'm not going to edit it. Screw it. We're, I'm leaving all it right. in. We don't need to edit it at all. <laughs> okay, then. Um, just moving on onto that is uh, Brett Peterson is the first black executive. In NHL history, he was he's the assistant general manager now with the Florida Panthers. Earlier this offseason, the Florida Panthers hired uh, Bill Zito as their new general manager. And it seems like they're going with more progressive choices. And the first uh, black executive in hockey history and Panthers history was hired today. It's uh, it's really awesome. Like we talked about with the Kim Ng story. Uh, it's they're breaking barriers. It's incredible. It's uh, it's a good start, but there's definitely a long way to go. We've been seeing over the past decade more black hockey players. Uh, you know, obviously with the stardom in like the Norris Trophy of PK Subban really like being the biggest one you can point to. But even over the past years, the uh, percentages have gone up, and you know we need to make hockey available for everyone. And it's it's great to see a guy, um, you know, a, a minority in a position like this. So very, uh, very happy for Brett Peterson. I think it's a great thing. That's all I have to say about that. Yep. So my thoughts, since um, that kind of got blown out really quickly. Um, so my thoughts on the, uh, I guess the bubble situation with, um, I guess them considering playing for 10 to 12 days in the bubble and getting the week off. Um, I don't know. I think that's probably the best possibility out of any of it, because, out of, I guess, all the options, just with um, the uh, whenever Tampa won it, with how, I guess, kind of like dead they were on the inside from being stuck in a hotel for like what seemed like all of eternity. And it's like they tried with giving them like gyms and like golf courses and stuff, but like there's only so much you can do. And in terms of that, I don't, I think this is probably the best option where you test everyone, I guess, going into it and then wait the results, and then, I guess, play your series of games or whatever. But I don't know. You never really know. I feel like everyone's – everything's just, like, changing changing so quickly that um, it's kind of hard to call really any of these just because, I guess, we get new information every week, it seems like, on this thing. So just wait and see what happens. Yeah, the initial um, report was that uh, – sorry to interrupt you, but uh, training camp was going to be – starting mid-November and we are mid-November and we haven't heard much of anything officially. So maybe that January 1st date that they've been hypothetically talking about isn't going to happen. I'd say it's less likely now than it has been because I feel like if they were actually going to go forward with that, we would have either heard something or actually seen training camps or something go. But uh, yeah, sorry. What were you saying? No, just feeding off of that with, um, I guess the two, I guess the two new people that, with the MLB and NHL, it's just like how much, um, I guess things have changed for the better with, um, I guess, you know, I don't want to say like minorities, but like, uh, pretty much minorities getting these like high level positions. Whereas if you looked at this, you know, thirty years ago, it was completely. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like a like a subject or a thought, and now it just seems like it's getting more and more. I think the, um, I think it was the NFL where they got the first uh, female referee, and I knew that drew a big thing just because that's kind of how the NFL is. But then it seems like once that got a um, kind of adopted, uh, accepted, I guess, 
But then it, it really is starting to uh, go into full effect now. It's definitely good to see and helping, uh, you know, grow the sports and gives a good, um, yeah, I guess a good outlook on things where, you know, I guess I don't want to say there's stereotypes for each sport, but they're like. They're, they're, there are. There are. I was going to say for hockey, I was going to say like hockey and golf, there are definitely some stereo, some stereotypes. Um basketball, you know. Yeah. There's definitely some pretty big um you know, as unfortunate as it is, it is predominantly still, you know, on one side of the spectrum. Whereas I think now trying to level I don't think you'll ever be able to like fully level it just because of like, you know, I don't know how many like Texans are gonna end up playing freaking hockey in you know what I mean? You're never gonna end up to level it and that's fine. You just have to accept that. But like you know, I guess try to do as much as you can. Then it's good for the sport. It definitely helps, like, spread the popularity. And I think definitely what you were talking about with uh, bringing, I guess, some Asian people in. Because, like, I think – I believe it's the NBA. It's, like, huge in China. Because I know they have, like, their own, like, equivalent. So, now with something like this, because them and uh, – they have, like, baseball too. So, I don't know. You wonder if it's going to go from, um, like, how they call it the uh, – you know, National Football League, if it's truly going to be, like, at the national, like, almost, like, Olympic style, I mean, that would be something to see, logistically impossible, but it would definitely be kind of cool to, you know, look at the, uh, you know, broadcast maps and see a little blip from pretty much almost everywhere on the planet. That would definitely be something that I don't think anyone forecasted come maybe 30, 50 years ago. Yeah, and the idea is to grow the game. We all want the game to be as successful, as skillful, as profitable as possible. And by getting more people involved, you're growing the popularity of the game. You're making it more accessible to everybody. And people like Brett Peterson and uh, Kim Ang, they're going to be looked at, looked at as trailblazers, as people that have been able to open opportunities for you know uh, kids growing up, like watching baseball, watching hockey. And it's... Uh, it was- it's great. That's what Tiger Woods did in golf. Because everyone knows the stereotype for golf. Don't get me wrong. Golf is the one, I think, in my in my opinion, golf is the one thing where it is, you know, everyone knows it. That, like, it is predominantly white. rich white people. It's, it's, <laughs> that, I yeah. mean, that is it, pretty much what it is. And whenever he came in, I think it was definitely, and then he comes in and ends up being what is arguably like the Wayne Gretzky or Lemieux of golf. It was definitely a uh, big, you know, it was a big game changer and people had to accept it. And I think now that uh, Tiger Woods proved to be who he is, it definitely, I don't want to say it started there, but it had, it had to have been close where it's like you have someone come in that isn't what is your stereotypical player and truly change the game like how it has. Yeah, and I, I, it's, I know, like you don't, you're not saying this, but it's obviously not just exclusive to golf. Like if you look at hockey, it's, uh, it's like predominantly white people, and like recently, just with like within the past like couple decades, it's become really expensive too. So you kind of need to be rich. It's the same reason why you see so many uh, similar last names in hockey. How many Kachucks do you see? How many Stalls do you see? How many Setters do you see? It's because the only like the it takes a certain amount of money to afford to be able to play the game. So being able to make the game more accessible for everybody, uh, make sure everyone is able to get introduced to the sport. You're not forcing people to play it, but you're showing them it. You're allowing them to get acquainted with it in case they want to get into it, making it possible. That's really important. And I think having people like Brett Peterson and Kim Ang uh, in the sports are, uh, it's phenomenal. And I think that about wraps us up, though, for hockey. There's a good bit of NBA news. I I was going to say, what's left? I haven't scrolled all the way down yet. There's a good bit of uh, just NBA stuff because I think the uh, draft's happening. It's actually happening this Wednesday. So, obviously, a lot of teams are looking to make moves. Um, The season was officially announced. It was agreed upon between the Players Association and the league that it'll start on December 22nd. And their big day for ratings in the regular season is Christmas Day. That's always the thing. They have the Christmas game. It's like the NFL on Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they definitely wanted to make sure they got that uh, Christmas Day in. And it looks like it will happen pending any crazy health concern. 
You know, it's going to be weird is I was just thinking about that, how the NFL basically owns Thanksgiving and then the NBA owns Christmas. If there's no Winter Classic this, this year, because to my knowledge, that's like, like no matter really who's playing in the Winter Classic, that is the big game for the NHL. Like that is their, you know, New Year's Day. Like that is their uh, meat and potatoes of the season right there. So if they don't end up starting – which it doesn't look like they're going to start on time. That's almost a huge loss for the NHL because, like, that is definitely one thing that is very much associated with hockey. Well, they uh, announced, uh, like, maybe a month ago or maybe a few weeks ago that the uh, Winter Classic, like, no matter what, was going to be canceled. Yeah, I forgot, because yeah, the, I forgot about that. But still, because the reason just... they, Yeah, the reason they want, like, the Winter Classic is because it makes so much money based off just tickets, you know? Like, you have 60,000 people, 70,000 people at a game instead of just, like, the normal 19,000. So, and that was never going to happen with Corona. So, it was supposed to be in Minnesota this year. I think they're just postponing it. Uh, so maybe next season or the season after they'll be able to fill up the entire stadium and make it the money maker. But there still are talks of doing the uh, op- whenever opening day is for hockey of the regular season. They still do want to do the uh, some kind of like scenic outdoor game. I haven't heard much traction on it recently, but it does seem I haven't seen it rolled out yet. So that's still a possibility. But um, back to basketball real quick. Just uh, I'm just going to finish this up. Uh, big news out of Houston. Russell Westbrook wants out of H- out of Houston. He does not want to be on the Rockets anymore. Just a year after joining James Harden and Oklahoma City, uh, spending a ton of picks to acquire Russell Westbrook. He wants out. The most reasonable destination seems to be either the Charlotte Hornets or the New York Knicks. Uh, there's also uh, a rumor today that came out that he could be going to the Washington Wizards in a trade straight up for John Wall. So that's obviously a possibility too. But the Brooklyn Nets are in big on James Harden. James Harden doesn't want to play anymore uh, in Houston either. So it seems like the entire Rockets are going to be going through a rebuild. And there's probably a big deal to be made there. But the Nets aren't the only team in on Harden. Uh, 76ers are also big on Harden. And they like, obviously he's one of the best uh, offensive players in the league so any team that can get him or has the opportunity to get him is going to go all out uh chris paul was dealt from the oklahoma city thunder he's a phoenix sun now uh he was dealt in the what deal was it um paul george trade i believe it was and now he's back uh he's back further west he's in phoenix drew holiday the new orleans pelican was traded to the milwaukee bucks Pretty big move there. The Bucks are trying to lure uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo to re-signing their long-term. They're getting a bunch of superstars around him. And the Celtics are also looking to make big moves, uh, including moving out Kemba Walker or uh, Jordan Hayward. So that's all the basketball we have. Um, last bit thing we want, last little bit we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about the reverse retro jerseys that came out in hockey. Now, we're going to do... T- uh, Top three, bottom three for each of us. Troy, I'd like you to start. What are your top three? I will start with top three. Um, do we want to do in like order of like, fa- you know, like number one being like favorite or just top three in general? Just top three in general. I think that's fair. Top three in general. Um, definitely the one that picked Jets. I think theirs is pretty slick with the uh, navy blue, the gray, and the white. It's definitely a pretty cool jersey. I, I definitely uh, – I like that one whenever it um, initially came out. I thought that was definitely one of the better ones. The Hurricanes getting the Whalers jerseys, those are just absolute classics. Kind of hard to hate on those. Um, for a third one, I'm going to have to go – I think I'm going to have to give this one to uh, Montreal where they get the uh, – the uh, I guess the main color, the jersey's blue, and then it still has the red and white stripe in the middle with the uh, C. They're definitely pretty uh, slick looking. Uh, do you want to go ahead with your top three, and then we'll do the awful just, ones. Just real quick, did you mean to say Winnipeg Jets for number one? Yes. Because I'm on uh, CBS Sports right now because I just wanted to have like all of them on one page, and they graded Winnipeg as an F. <laughs> <laughs> they're beautiful what it's great it's great a gray jersey with a white pinstripe with navy blue shoulders it's awesome i mean i am biased though 
That's so, fair. That is fair. The fact that they're called the Jets is biased, but I mean, I th- I really, I think these jerseys are great. All right, mine... having the go ahead. dark blue, having like the baby blue on the uh, dark blue in the logo, and then putting that on the gray, I think it's great. I, it's definitely very, uh, you know, new, but it's not super bold. All right, I have my top three favorite, and I'm pretty passionate about it. Number one, I know we're not doing like one, two, and three, but by far my favorite one are the Colorado Nordiques. They went with the Quebec Nordiques logo with their Colorado Avalanche uh, colors. And they have the uh, like Quebec little Saint logo thing on the bottom of it. It is one of the most beautiful jerseys I've seen in my entire life. It is gorgeous. Uh, if it wasn't as, like so much money, I would think I'd buy one. I saved the link because on their website, their team website for their shop, on I think December 1st, they're releasing like the t-shirts and the winter hats. I'm 100% getting a winter hat with that logo on it. It is so beautiful with the burgundy and the light blue. It's I love it. It's by far my favorite. Um, my, like Another one that I really liked that uh, you said was the Hartford Whalers one with uh, Carolina. I think it's uh, it's another classic. I think I'm just a uh, fool for the classics. It's beautiful. I think that they could have made it better if they would have went with all blue instead of the uh, the gray base. But I still think it's uh, it's a great logo that like doesn't matter what color you put on it, you can't really go wrong. Um, and I I know I'm cheating here, but I'm gonna go with two, like two more. The third one is the Washington Capitals. I think they have the uh, flying eagle across their uh, chest. It's that classic, like early two thousands Washington Capitol uh, logo with the new colors, like the red, like the red, white, and blue. I think it's gorgeous. And my last one that a lot of people weren't as high on, but I really like, are the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, they don't they they don't have much retro to go off of because they're like three years old. But the history behind this is that this is the same style as the las vegas thunder which was a minor league hockey team that played and they have their secondary logo on the front and there have been rumors for years that they're going to have a red jersey i think it looks beautiful i think that their alternate their all gold one is pretty nice but i think this one's really nice so troy what are your bottom three all right bottom three uh, without a doubt, it's got to be the San Jose Sharks, or not the Sharks, the uh, Anaheim Ducks, rather. This yes. jersey's just, it's just like, it's a gigantic duck that's absolutely like Jack jumping out of the ocean. It just looks like some awful, like, 90s cartoon, like, giveaway jersey. It is, I don't know. I don't based know off of this, a movie. I know. I don't know how this got approved, but it's rough. The star, I'm going to have four here. The Dallas Stars jerseys, I'm definitely not a fan of. They, I don't know what's going on. They have like a, I can't tell if this is a white like base or like an off white or something, but then they have like the word Dallas Stars with a star in the middle. It's a completely different color. I don't think it's horrendous. The Minnesota Wild are definitely a pretty close second. Um, I don't know what the heck they're going for. They just went with some like, Bright green and yellow. They're going with the North, I, the North Stars colors. I kind of like it. I think it's clever. I don't know. I don't like it. It's weird. I, I don't know. It's like, it's whatever. And then there, oh, man, you just you just ripped this one. This one of your favorites. The Golden Knights. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this. The all red, I think it's the logo that does it for me. I just don't like it. It just, I don't know. There's nothing that says night about it. Like, you have the swords and then, like, a. I think, I guess this is, like, a, a star or something in the middle of it. I don't know. I don't think they're, I, I don't know. There's nothing great about them. But, yeah, I think the uh, the Dallas Stars definitely are doing it for me. They're, they're awful. Um, yeah, they're just, I don't know. Like, but I'm, I'm just flipping through it because the NHL posted them. It it is just I don't know what they're thinking. It looks like some really like cheap like I don't know. I this it's just it's bad. Now there are like some ones that have some wacky logos that I'm not a fan of. I know you mentioned Anaheim. I don't really like their logo. But the ones that are like the worst for me, that the ones I really don't like, are the ones that it seems like they put zero effort in. 
And the Flyers. The Flyers. If we're talking no, zero effort, they put zero effort in no, making the no. Flyers. The, the one I'm referring to is the, the Detroit Red Wings. It's literally the Red Wings logo on the front, uh, all white jersey that you probably could buy from Dick Sporting Goods for like twenty dollars. And then I the, actually have one of the like the all white jerseys. I actually have one of those. As a th- that's what jersey. this looks like, and then it just has a silver stripe on the sleeves. It's it seems like they literally like had like a deadline, and they just needed to they just needed to throw something together. They don't have like a retro. They don't have, they've never had like a different uniform or a different logo. They've always been the same uniform like since their since the beginning. They've always been the red wing with like the red as their home and then like the white on the road. And this is just it seemed like there was zero effort that was put into this. At least for Anaheim and Dallas, I can see like what they're trying to do. This one seems like they didn't try like at all. Uh after that, uh let me go through here. There's definitely one down here I didn't care for. Oh, another one, zero effort. New York Islanders. It's their home jersey. It just looks like their home jersey with a little bit of a darker blue. I wasn't going off of that. I was getting my overall looks, but then like if you're going off of ones they didn't change, then um no, I guess look at the it's, it's, I know that's just my criteria tell. for it. Fair enough, but I mean the Flyers. They barely the Flyers. I don't. I don't really know what they changed here. To be honest with you, I think they added I, I like extra the Flyers strike. because it's like the early two thousands Flyers. It's like because they went with the black all the way around from the shoulders to the sleeves. They don't have that anymore. But I kind of like what I, I. They tried to do a change. They're, they're going with the theme of retro reverse. They're at least doing something with it. I can appreciate that. Same with San Jose. Like they're. Uh, like their gray front, it's not my favorite, like aesthetically wise, but like it was their early mid 2000s jersey. So, like, what that represents that represents the Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Jonathan Chichu, getting the Bakoff era. I like that. So, I don't want to trash that one either. Um, and then my last one I don't like is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I love, I love the Maple Leafs team. Uh, I, I love their current uniforms, every other alternate that they've had over the past few years. The green St. Pat's one, beautiful, gorgeous. This one is so ugly. It looks like a hoodie. It doesn't look like a jersey. It looks like someone like bought a uh, hoodie outside the arena, and like the logo was messed up, and the colors are all wonky. It's I, I don't like the logo, the lettering, any of it. I think that's pro- that's one of my bottom three ones. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I'm looking at the Toronto one, how they arched the word Toronto, and then they did the uh, Maple Leafs thing completely straight. It's, it's uh, you know, very different. But, yeah, definitely some interesting ones. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see how they look on the ice. Also, if you zoom in on the logo for Toronto, the T and the O are – and the R are ca- – T-O-R-O are capitalized. In the in Toronto, then the N is lowercase for some reason. Oh yeah, I just noticed that. That's pretty. Why weird. did they do that? Look and, at look at the M and Maple Leafs. Yeah, I said the M and Maple Leafs is lowercase too. Why did they do that? That's so. It looks like it was like cheaply made, or like someone like kind of like with the Detroit one, they had a deadline and they couldn't fix it. Like it's it's so lazy. So those are my favorite and least favorite. I think that all in all, I think that this is like really, I think they're going to look good on the ice. And the main reason they did this was obviously a cash grab because they're, they need money. They lost a ton of money this year and they're going to make a lot of money because a lot of people are going to buy like a lot of these. I think a lot of these bring back a lot of nostalgia for people. Another one we didn't talk about was the Lady Liberty ones for the Rangers. Those are some sexy jerseys too. I think those ones are really nice. So definitely a lot of hockey fans are going to be jumping the opportunity to buy these so yeah like 230 dollars a piece or whatever they are they're yeah, insane yeah. they are yeah but they're i mean i have like the like one one of the adidas authentic ones uh and they're it's like it's really good material and it's like it feels nice to wear so i might we didn't even talk about the penguin one what do you think about the penguin one? oh the penguin i don't know i kind of have this one in the middle ground it was definitely better before they inverted it. I was gonna say. If it I was, think it, it would be black, better. I like it. I think it would be better if they went with like a, uh, like you know, like the shoulders. If they went with like black on the top of the shoulders, and then maybe put like a white and gold stripe to transition into the all white jersey. But yeah, I mean, this thing it's just completely white, has the uh, black, uh, the golden black stripe at the bottom, and then it says Pittsburgh diagonally. 
I think it's just too much bite. Like, I think it's just it has to be like broken up or something. I think it's gonna look really nice on the ice though. Like, I feel like fans wearing it, like, just out isn't going to look as good. But when you see that, like, when you see Crosby and Malkin jump on the ice with those bad boys on, I think it's going to look really slick. I, I've been wanting them to go with the diagonal Pittsburgh, for, like, bring it back for a while now. I really wanted the black ones, like, because uh, those ones were just gorgeous. That and the Robo Penguin logo, I'd be on with either of those. But, uh, you know, I'll take this. I'll take it. Um, Sorry. Right. If I had the opportunity to, for like a little cheaper, I might buy one, but I don't know. Maybe we'll think. I'll think. Yeah. 200 whatever bucks. I'm not, I don't plan on buying one soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. We know. You're not going to buy anything. You're going to wait until you can buy one in like 40 years and it's on back of the back of the clearance rack. Exactly. Did we get it? I think we got everything, right? Um. This is one of our longest. I think episodes. so. We knocked out. Yeah, we got everything knocked out. All right. Well, then, in that case, we're going to head on out here. This was a great episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I haven't left my house or my room recently because I'm self-quarantined. Uh, I'm waiting for my test results. So He's just antisocial. He, that's his way well, of... Self quarantine. That's his excuse. That's he's been true. in. He's been in a self quarantine, if we want to call it that, for the better part of nine months. So, nineteen years. I mean, twenty years for you. Oh, uh, twenty years. Okay. But um, yeah. This this was a good pick me up because I'm very stiff. I've been sitting and laying down for the past three days. So this has been really fun. I enjoyed this. I appreciate. I appreciate you, Troy. Thank you, pal. You're welcome. <laughs> and, I'm there uh, for the support. I'm you know. Yes, of course. Um, so that'll do it for us here at the Unit Report. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Unit Report. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at the Unit Report.